Friends. I'm Teresa Carmody with Elemental Journeys. And I am Ken the Runewalker. Welcome to Web of Resonance. Yeah. How are I'm you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. good. I'm good. Yeah, I uh, I'm taking this class. Uh, you might know about it. It's a storytelling <laughs> class at uh, Deep End Theater. And uh, the teacher's amazing. Her name Aww. is Teresa Carmody. And uh, it's been really uh, fascinating because it's a, it's, it's a, it's challenging me, which is fantastic. I, 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 I like that. Uh, and I embrace that, uh, that uh, process now, probably uh, more than I would have a, a couple of years ago. And uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm enjoying that. So it's, it's been a really interesting uh, during the week, during the weeks uh, between classes, interesting look at, uh, you know, my, my shamanic path, my uh, spirituality and kind of incorporating that into storytelling. What do my tattoos mean for that? You know, uh, allowing the story to kind of um, really be the, the layers to be peeled away to, 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 to look at it. So it's been really cool. And uh, for my, you know, not just for in general life, but like uh, spirituality and, and stuff like that too. So uh, I'm loving it. I think that there's something very transformative when you uh, start to tell your own story. Um, I think having voice for your experience can be a very powerful act. Um, and I think exactly what you're experiencing when you go into it, you're, you're actually, you're consciously creating story, which we are usually doing unconsciously all the time. I mean, whatever our experiences are, we then usually pretty immediately uh, create a, a story around them. Like, what do they mean? Um, yeah. And, um, and so when you, when you choose to participate in that consciously, I think it, it can be a very empowering thing to recognize uh, that the creation of story or the interpretation or meaning that we give events or experiences in our life um, we're really shaping how we decide uh, to interact with our life experiences. And I think yeah. storytelling is then a way of then sharing. This is how I made light, uh, made meaning of this experience. Um, the, one of the things that I found from like week one to, you know, this last week um, was that I'm really enjoying uh, watching other people's stories unfold. Yeah. Not just like my own, you know, my own and working with that, but really it's this really interesting concept of, because we're all, most of us are strangers. Most of us don't know each other. And uh, like watching us each kind of open up and, and, and come to this like more, more vulnerable uh, space in front of people that we don't necessarily know. And yet through that, we're, we're all kind of um, getting to know each other and, and it, it's kind of creating this little bond. I think even yesterday I said something about, we all have to come back every year. And on December 22nd, 
we're going to do another story that's kind of an update of where we're at and and just another story that and I thought because I, I was like I would love to kind of watch and see where each of these people move like move into what yeah. happens what's going on beyond uh you know the story that I'm gonna hear on like it's December 22nd right right yeah so yeah it's been really well, cool we've, uh, we've had uh I've, um, I've taught, this is the first time I'm, t I'm teaching solo. The last, uh, round of this class, I, um, I sat in and was kind of a secondary teacher. Um, I think we've been getting really lucky is that people are attracted to the class who want to dive pretty deep. Um, yep. and so to me, just if you're showing up, uh, willing to use this art form to dive deep, um, and uh, craft your artistry, to me, that's, that is, um, I love watching that. I love being able to offer any kind of support and nurturing that. Um, I think that uh, artistry is almost always a vulnerable process because something of the artist goes into the work. Um, yeah. And... Um, and I don't really know why we do it. I mean, there's, <laughs> I, I'm getting to know more and more artists all the time. And it's, it's almost like we all feel kind of compelled uh, to perform our art. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. So if any of you listening would like to attend, uh, the, f the finale of our class is uh, all of us. Uh, most of us presenting our story that we've been working on and it's going to be Sunday, December 22nd at seven, six 7 o'clock. So seven o'clock at deep end theater, uh, which is uh, in Southeast Portland. It is. And um, uh, when we get closer to that, uh, perhaps we'll put an event link up on our web of resonance Facebook page. So that those of you yes. who listen to us and are in the Portland area and would like to come, you will have a link available to be able to do that. It's going to be fun. I One of the things I find completely fascinating about this whole situation is that about two blocks away is the salon that Tate and I owned when we lived here in Portland five or six <laughs> years ago that we sold. And it's still there. And like, I know that hood. I know that's the neighborhood I know the, yeah. the best, you know. And uh, uh, it's fascinating to me that I'm right back in that neighborhood. <laughs> oh, the circle Cycles. returns, doesn't circle. it? Oh, it's a circle of life. I think there was a Disney song so. by Elton John. <laughs> I have this recurring theme of the Lion King. Maybe I need to pull that up and watch Maybe. it. Maybe. Uh, okay. Maybe. I, there might yeah, be some interesting archetypal... Possible. Uh, uh, energies in there that you're currently working with. Wow. So do you, um, moving on to our divination tools, yeah. would you like to, do you have something that you want to pull about today or pull concerning? Um, no, I don't have anything that's tugging at me. How about you? No, not necessarily. The, I think the funny thing for me is that, uh, just probably, Yesterday and today, I've felt like I've moved out of Samhain yeah. uh, or like it, it, the, the influence of it is less and less and less and it's kind of slipping away quickly. Um, and yeah, so it's just this really interesting new uh, 
I'm feeling more of that new energy. So I'm kind of just, for me, uh, pulling to look at that. I gave, uh, so uh, you gave me those ca cards back. So I have this really cool, while you're shuffling, I'll yeah. tell people, I have this really cool uh, deck of uh, tarot. It's called the Ked, or I think it's Ked Tarot. Um, they're, I think they're kind of rare to get because they didn't do a, hu a huge run of them. But uh, Teresa and I had spoken. I took them to her and, you know, she was uh, going to look at them. And she brought them back to me. And she's like, I think this, these would be great for you to work with because uh, they don't have a book and it's interpreting the picture. And so this morning I pulled one and it was the, the Ace of uh, basically Pentacles uh -huh. uh, coins is what they say. And it was really interesting that, that you know, it's all about beginning and uh, uh, manifesting and uh, and stuff. When I'm looking at the picture, that was my interpretation of it. And so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of just in this new beginnings uh, energy. So I'm just kind of interested to see what, now that I'm moving out of Samhain, what kind of that, what uh, that's looking like around me. So I'm just going to pull kind of thinking about just current uh, energies around for myself. I think that's good. Um, that also, to me, that's Yule energy. So it's the time when you kind of shift from what you've harvested and and uh, reconnecting with what's dead. And now, uh, in the space that's created from letting go, what do you plant for next year? So um, yeah. So the way I I like to think of that uh so i don't get too ahead of myself and you know looking more for in bulk energy is um yeah is i often think of yule as a time of hope it's the time when you're starting to dream you're starting to be inspired what seeds do i want to plant and your uh, so your activity is about planting the seeds it's not really about seeing any of the results of planting them yet so there's a lot of hope involved yes. in that um so maybe we can just uh, get what messages for inspiration. Yeah. Do that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's okay. great. Well, that was very interesting. I was shuffling, and one card jumped right out, turned over, and it's the sun card. Oh. Um. And I love the sun card because yes. the sun card is all about, um, you know, recognizing that what phase the sun is tells you a lot about what developmental stage you're in. Um, and the yeah. sun card is often interpreted, I definitely interpret it as this is the card of hope. This is the card of, um, you know, in the darkest hour you absolutely believe and know that the sun will rise again. And so yeah. when things look most bleak, um, the wheel continues to turn. It's just a cycle or a season you're going through. And uh, so for me, this actually, you know, our question was, what inspiration do uh, we have? And I got the card of hope. There's always something to hope for. Um and I think hope actually is the energy that inspires the dream. I mean, why would you, why would you dream if yeah. you have some hope that, that um, the dream is something that you can experience, even if it's just in the dream yes. state? I mean, some dreams never make it to manifestation, but that's not their point. Their point is 
dreaming because part of being in the dream and experiencing the dream helps you refine what do you actually want. Yes. It's kind of like if I'm hungry, I can just eat what's around or I can say, well, what am I hungry for? Right. Yeah. Which is different. Well, it can be the difference between, um, you know, giving yourself what you're hungry for and feeling fully satisfied or, you know, settling for what's at hand and maybe not feeling satisfied. What'd you get? <laughs> I'm so, you just made me, I don't know. I was just thinking of cheeseburgers and French fries. I'm going to have to, I just got, I just got hungry. Um, the rune I got was lagus, which is, um, water um so it also has it's shape-shifting energy it's um manifestation of desire so that totally it kind of you know uh fits in sexual magic um i think that lagus is a really good one to work with uh if i'm looking at uh energy work uh with you know within the body um lagus has to do with uh of course because it's water um, emotion, tides, moon. I feel like with lagus for me at the moment, I'm really looking at emotionally what what is going to fulfill me or what's my emotional hope. Um, you know, I'm very good at like coming up with an idea in my head and then uh, making it happen with my little with my little fire. But uh, you know, that shit hasn't really. I mean, it's worked and I've been successful, but. It, they, I think I'm being asked to look at uh, the source of what I desire. Um, and uh, that's looking uh, more and more like I'm going to be living underwater still <laughs> uh, emotionally, which is great. You know, like uh, there, there's depths that I uh, need to plumb and there's um, uh, power or uh, substance and sustenance uh, by uh, setting things for me, uh, putting the emotion behind them, not just the, well, I can accomplish this, I'm going yeah. to kind of attitude. Yeah, I think there's, there's two things that are kind of ringing for me in what you said. One is that I think our hopes and our dreams have to include our heart. Um, as a matter of fact, yeah. um, until my heart contributes to something I'm dreaming, um, it feels very far removed from me. It's almost like as soon as my heart can assess what image did I create in this dream, my heart will tell me, yes, that's right, or no, that's not right. So my heart gives me like the nuance yeah. or the flavor. It's almost like uh, if I were drawing a picture, um, I've drawn the picture, but the heart colors it, brings it to life. Yeah. Um, the other thing yeah. that is striking me is that it's very interesting to me that we are currently in the season of earth and that we are moving towards the season of air. And yet I picked a fire card and you picked a water rune. And so there, I think yeah. there's also kind of a message of even though the larger contextual energy is earth energy, don't forget that there are four elements and they are all alive and active in every phase of the wheel. Um, and so, you know, where for me, when I look at the sun card, I'm like, 
where is the fire within me that is, um, I almost feel it kind of like the hearth fire that, you know, yeah. uh, when we relied on the hearth fire to heat our homes, uh, you didn't just let the fire go out. You would have to like tuck it into bed at night so that it would smolder and continue to keep the house warm, but so that you also had yep. embers to begin the fire for the next day. So I yep. feel a very similar thing as I walk the wheel of the year is that uh, though I might not see the flame, the fire is never being extinguished. It's just going uh, deeply internal and leading me in the descendant path to that inner space. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, water, especially when you connect it with the emotions, I think has a very profound connection then with fire. Uh, because the emotions and desire, I don't think of desire as an emotion. It, it feels like a, a different kind of energy. And yet um, mm. my emotions uh, help me discern m what the desire actually is for. So desire is not, so desire is like a, an a, like a side effect of what? Well, I think... I desire effect, uh, for me is more primal. Like, like I will feel desire like fire in my belly. Um, and yeah. so, you know, the emotions for me, um, I can feel the energetic of emotions in my belly. That's where my empathy kind of resides. Um, but, yeah. uh, but there's a difference of when I feel that energy in my heart center. So I think for me, I, I'm just talking about it's the same energy. It's where am I picking it up? And so what am I perceiving differently by what center is picking it up? In my gut, I'll feel it as desire, intuition. Um, it's much more uh, wild. And when I move that energy up into my heart, then, then I can access more emotional language. Then it's more about what are the emotions about uh, this energy that I'm feeling mm. because then my thoughts or my visions are moving that same energy now up into my headspace that if I'm going to be strategic, uh, and develop plans, I'm thinking about it with that part of my intellect, or if I'm projecting it to have images and start to, um, uh, create imaginary dreams and pictures, um, then I'm just using another part of my intellect. But it's, it's the same energy. It's just yeah. moving through the different ways of knowing that uh, are part of my physicality. Do, do you think it, uh, it matters which of your centers of knowing pick up on it first? Does that, does that tell you something different about each, each one? That's a really like, good uh, question. Um, I don't know. I haven't asked it before, so I'm not sure how I would answer it other than all that's coming to me is, well, it depends kind of where I am when I first encounter the energy. So like if I'm thinking about stuff or planning things and I become aware of an energy, I may first encounter it through my intellect. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I also uh, recognize that... Um, that for me, I think that there's a, a fairly similar path for me in that I will become aware of the energetic of a thing in my gut often first. 
Um, if, yeah. if I'm having emotions and I can't make sense of them, I usually will go, okay, I need to drop down into my gut. What's the energetic, what is this emotion trying to point me to? So yeah. to me, it's kind of like, um, it's all the different ways that you can know something. You know, if you're looking straight ahead, there are things that are behind you that you're not going to be able to see. But we've all had the experience of someone has walked up behind us. And even though we can't see them, and even though we might be focused on something else, you know, the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Yep. That's not always alerting you yep. to a threat. It's alerting you to a presence. Yeah. And so when that happens, if I can then shift my focus so that my heart and my head are both attuning to that, then I can start to evaluate if the presence is friendly or not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because there are, there are uh, different, you get different aspects uh, of information about that from those different centers exactly. of knowing so so to me yeah. it doesn't really matter where i first pick up on it part of what uh i've been yeah. working to do is when i pick up on something can can i uh have all my centers of knowing kind of chime in before i make any decisions or actions does your sun card have a baby on it you know i don't like those. i know you don't like them and it does not <laughs> good yay they do uh, look rather young um they seem to be kind of sitting in a field smiling they're looking at something that seems to be bringing them joy there is a full sun uh off in the distance and a butterfly flying across the sun so it just you know it reminds me of a warm lazy kind of summer day out in a meadow yeah yeah which feels yes. really good right now, that considering sounds... how cold it's been. I know. I was just thinking that same thing. I was like, oh, that yeah. sounds really nice. So the, I think that's, uh, you know, kind of an interesting thing for those of us who live uh, in places that do have very different seasons uh, as far as temperature wise. You know, like I, I've been to some places in Central America that it's just kind of hot all year and it's either hot and wet right. or hot and dry. Um, and so I guess they would have the same, the same concept, you know, but for us, it's like, it's, it's only December, the beginning of December and uh, I'm cold and I'm really looking forward to yeah. warmth <laughs> of summer. And uh, it just seems to, you know, I, I hadn't even thought of it that way before. That uh, that concept that um, I guess it works opposite too, though, because sometimes in the dead of summer, like I love summer solstice because it's the welcoming back of the dark. Because by the end of summer, I'm you ready for out. some. You need yeah. that water. To so cool I, I, the I really like. And, yeah. Well, yes. to me, that's the nice yes. thing about living in a place with four seasons. Um, you know, when I talk about the wheel, it's it for me, it is very specific to the place I live. Um, and if I lived yeah. in a different place, I'd still be walking a wheel, but the wheel would look different. Um, you know, when I grew up in Las Vegas, I joke with people and say there's only two seasons. They're hot and really fucking hot. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And yeah. you, you absolutely can walk the wheel there, but you have to be aware of. And so what does the wheel look like here? How do things, you know, if, if the wheel is aligned with the movement of the sun and the moon, there is some constancy there. But that doesn't mean that it mm -hmm. expresses itself in the same way in every part of the globe. I mean, Australia right now is having their summer. Yeah, I, I think, too, there's the one of the things that I'm kind of just thinking about as you're speaking is that we all have such individual experiences with everything. Uh, you know, when when I moved away from Portland, you know, five or six years ago, I was like, I'm sick of the rain. <laughs> I can't do another winter. And now I'm like moved from Utah. And I'm like, I'm sick of the snow. I will never shovel <laughs> snow again. And, and um, but other people are like, oh my God, I love to walk in the rain in the winter. And I'm like, have at it. Uh, but sometimes I do too, you know, but it's such a, it's such an interesting, um, in the world where there's like this one size fits all, concept that that I see a lot um remembering and and like maybe coming back and finding like uh you know where does your inspiration come from where does your hope lie uh what do you hope for uh brings us back to looking at ourselves in more of an individual as more of an individual uh within the collective and what do we actually want Instead of, oh, well, I want the white picket fence because that's what I'm told I want and that's what everyone else wants. It's like, no, actually, I want an open field with my friend sitting next to me in a butterfly <laughs> flying in front of a sun with no yeah. babies. You know, like that's just my that's my uh, perspective. And and uh, I, I sometimes feel that way in uh, like pagan culture with uh, maybe like some of the witchy stuff. Um, in terms of, well, this is the way you do it. Well, that's not the way I do it. That's not the way I feel like I should be doing it. So um, it's really important. And, you know, I'm sure I've spoken about this before, but your own personal gnosis. And even if it's, you know, UPG, which is, you know, the unver unverifiable part, it's your experience. It's your uh knowing it's your inner knowing and that's what we have to let um guide us even even when christianity tells us you have to be this way when you know uh, wicked tells no you have to do it this way or you know whatever it's just uh one of those things that it, it doesn't have to be and i think <laughs> that's really interesting that this time of year you know is looking at for me emotionally what's going to fulfill me um and also apparently still uh, grounding in water, which is movable. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I just like thinking, I just would. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, that, I was, I, oh, me, I was just going to. The whole point of water is that, you know, it's hard to ground in something that is ever changing, but that's life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think yes. that, uh, you know, pre-civilization, we were all indigenous peoples and we were informed yep. by the land and the cycles and the seasons that the earth around us went through. And that was our reality. Um, yep. And it's always changing and there's always seasons. 
However, how I experienced season in the Pacific Northwest is very different than even just a thousand miles south, let alone on the other side of the globe. So, yeah, yeah. Well, even ahead. I was just saying, even from from me in Eugene to yeah. you in Portland, and then going south from Eugene a couple hours is very even different seasonally, the same state. and that's just yeah. 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 And so, you know, there, I talk about the wheel and I'll say, well, it's this season and this element. And it's, um, I don't think I say this enough, but it, it's always coming from my point of reference, which is the land I'm living on. It's what's the center of your own compass, right. your own wheel. Yeah. And that's when, th you know, things can get really, really complex is, uh, you know, somebody living in Africa or somebody living in Australia or somebody living in Europe, um, we're all going to have a different experience of, you know, I'm even just thinking about like Australia. Okay, so if now they're kind of having their summer, but they're also having Christmas is like, would they still, is this still Yule for them? Or if I were living down there, would I be ce about to celebrate Beltane? Yeah, because it, it, it really or just does, depends. Or does the meaning of Yule mean something different? Because when Yule happens down there, the sun is out and it's the season of fire. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in touch with any yeah. witches from Australia. Although if any are listening, I would love to hear from you. Um so I don't know what that experience yeah. is for them. And I've never been to Australia. I'm not, I imagine it would be very disorienting for me for a while. Yeah. Uh, when I went there, it was, um, I went in like the end of, was it in June? I went in June. So for them, it was winter, uh, which by the way, is not like winter in Utah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was still very lovely, uh, but I, I do, you know, follow, uh, you know, uh, the Bards, Ovates, and Druids uh, page on Facebook. <laughs> I uh, studied that for a, a while, and there are people from Australia, and so they do, there are conversations about, you know, this this is the Australian wheel of the year. This is, so they kind of do switch things, but it's a really interesting thing when they uh, I haven't done too much reading into it, but they'll talk about uh, uh, how it is shifted. You're still a druid or whatever in that in that uh, group, but the they practice the wheel of the year and it's different. So they're it's opposite, and they do talk about it being that way and and uh, and looking at it that way. So it was re it's really fascinating, and um, I I would love to experience that at some point so when we go when we take our live show on tour <laughs> um uh we'll go to australia and new zealand and wherever else we want to go yeah, that we've never that been. would be lovely Um, can I throw a wrench into oh, our little absolutely. system? So what I'm fascinated by at the moment is, uh, you and I spoke, uh, over the weekend, I, I did a, 
a fair, like a Yule fair, and I did readings, and you came to visit me, and thank yes. you very much for that. To the reading. Um, we, yes. Um, I talked to a young woman that day about uh, she had some gifts, and she wanted to maybe start doing some readings. And I told her, quit doing readings for yourself, start doing them for other people, because when it kicked in for me, and this is only my experience, my experience was that I needed that other person to give the context for the runes that I was casting because I, for me, it was too confusing to try and cast my own runes. And I, I maybe wasn't getting the whole picture or seeing the whole picture, but having the other person in front of you provides a context. So my question for you is now that we've pulled, you know, uh, the sun card and Lagu's, I think it would be interesting to pull another one to kind of uh, see uh, maybe a different thread that's woven into that to help give a little bit more clarification as to what's happening. So I think it would be interesting for us to <clears throat> pull another card and rune to go along with the ones we've already pulled to, to start to uh, expand on uh, and see maybe what other threads uh, are woven into that to help continue to give clarification yes. to our, our uh, question or our topic yeah, for today. I think that's kind of what we ran into last week too, when I ended up pulling a whole spread was that we were, I think we we're kind of talking that's true. about what's the limitation of, of pulling just one is that you get a yep. single message, but it's kind of, you don't have the context for it. So, so yes. yeah, um, so I'm going to focus on the same intention about messages for inspiration, and I'm going to look for the context of the sun. Okay. Wait, am I going to look for the context of the sun, or do I want to bring your rune into it? Oh, interesting. Because we've already created a context in the relationship between your rune and my card. So maybe right. the context I'm looking for is the context that contains both. Yep. Yes. I think that's what I'm going to okay. pull for. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, it was funny as I was preparing uh, for a call today, I was just shuffling my cards and a card flew out and it was the Queen of Pentacles. And I love this card. This card to me is so ripe and full. Um she is, I think of her as, it, this to me is the card of Gaia. <coughs> so okay. it's, um, it's very embodied. It's very voluptuous. Um, she has a kind of wild red hair with leaves and twigs in it. Um, she has a, a voluptuous bosom. She's holding an apple in her hand. Um, all of this is message of life in its fullest. Um, and, um, and so I think it's interesting that we are, it, we're approaching the darkest time of the year. We're approaching uh, the time when things look most dead and most fallow. And we're asking yep. for inspiration. And now I'm getting a card of, uh, you know, the earth in, in full ripeness. Um, and so I think that's yes. the inspiration is that we remember that there is a spring that comes after winter. There is a summer that comes after 
that that cycle is always there um and so for me it's it's interesting in that i don't really feel like uh it doesn't feel like i need to draw from that energy to keep me going now it's more like just remembering that wherever you are is not going to stay this way and so the hope is that you know as much as change can be disorienting sometimes um change can also be a very welcome thing. Yeah. And it really depends on what your perspective of where you are. Are you welcoming or resisting change based on how you actually feel about where you are? I don't know anything about resistance. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I woke up um, this morning and um, I actually thought that our topic today might be resistance because I woke up today and felt like, uh, it felt a little bit like I was underwater. I, but I felt the I just felt this energy of resistance that like I kept feeling like I was trying to push it, and um, yeah, and it wasn't going anywhere. And I was putting a lot of effort into it, and so I was like, okay, well maybe I need to sit down and just kind of feel into this resistance. Um, and I had a very interesting experience. Usually I see the resistance as the thing that is going to help me build strength by, uh, pushing back, um, almost like resistance training, uh, physically for your body. Um, but this time when I sat down, it was like the resistance all of a sudden had voice to it. And it was like, my guides were saying, why are you trying to do what we have well in hand? Oh, like stop trying to create the things that we we're already working on your behalf for these things. And really, your participation is not needed right now. Yes. In fact, get yeah. out of the way and let us do our thing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so uh, that was really lovely because there was an immediate shift for me. I was starting to feel that um, frustration, which often can turn to either anxiety or uh, depression. And as soon as I was like, oh, the resistance isn't like an enemy keeping me from doing the thing that I want to do. It's actually my guide saying uh, your participation right now is not needed. And so just trust us. Yeah. Which is a little sometimes difficult for, I think, both you and I to not try and take the reins. Very difficult. Yeah. I think, uh, to me, uh, that's, that's um, you know, on the one hand, I think that uh, trust is very easy and that I will find myself taking risks all the time. Um, but on the other hand... Uh, Trust can be really difficult. Um, I I don't know. Maybe it's a it's it's like I will sometimes leap before I look, and I recognize that there's got to be a certain level of trust in doing that. I mean, it might be reckless, it might be impulsive, but there's also a certain element of trust that has to happen to leap before you look. And then there are other times when I've already looked and I'm like urging to take action towards the thing that I have decided that, um, that trust for me is harder when there's no action needed from me. Yeah, I get that. 
And I don't think that's true for everybody, but I, you know, maybe that's that we're Aries. Maybe it's that we're fire signs. Uh, but for me, trust is hardest when my task is to do nothing or to wait. <sighs> that is one of the things that I have been encountering uh, with this move. Um, and not even just a move, just a, kind of a, a complete shift in, in, in how I uh, engage or encounter or uh, that's wrong, uh, how I um, uh, interact with life, uh, you know, uh, instead of taking the bull by the horns, <laughs> which feels easier for me and feels more comfortable and feels like... Uh, it's a control issue. I totally get that. I'm not, uh, that's not lost uh, on me, but uh, it's difficult to sit back and, and go with the flow. Maybe I should move to Jamaica. Well, I, I think that you would still cycle and you would you'd just be in a different yeah. environment. You'd tune differently. Um, so, yes, so, you know, true. I think it's funny that, um, you know, both of us have kind of said by August, we start getting burnt out with the fire of summer. And, um, yep. and so I think that there's, for me, part of what I've been, uh, looking at recently about walking the wheel is, um, how can I recognize the gifts of the season that I'm in and also know that, and there are some discomforts or there are things that I miss from other seasons. Like I love strawberries yep. and berries up here are phenomenal. Um, and they are not in season right now. So if I go and I buy a berry, it's not the thing I'm dreaming of. I can get berries, right? but it's not the thing I'm dreaming yep. of. And so I could yes. mourn that December doesn't have strawberries or I can look for, but what is the gift that December has? And it makes the strawberries sweeter when they come in July. Yeah. And yes. so I think that there's, um, and I've been, uh, I've been noticing that primarily with my diet, like what am I eating? Um, and how does it change when the seasons change? Um, and there are yes. some things that, uh, this year has been unique in that um, even foods that I love as they've come out of season, I'm actually finding, yeah, my desire is kind of waning for them. I'm now desiring something else. The change in temperature, the change in season makes me hungry for something else. Yes. Oh, and maybe paying attention to understanding or looking at the concept that uh, what we maybe hunger for at the moment uh, and what we hunger for when we're about to harvest are going to be, uh, or the potential is there that they're going to be slightly different. So making sure that um, looking at, looking at that when we're looking at, you know, inspiration and hope for, you know, next year or, or the future uh you know, that plays a part. Yeah. And I also think that part of the hope is, are you looking for what can feed you in this season? Are you recognizing that 
um, desires do change. Our, our hunger does change. Um, like it doesn't, I'm going to be hungry every day. And I don't mean like I'm yes. going to go without and feel hunger, but I'm going to feel hunger, which is going right. to trigger me to eat. Um, but, right. um, but I'm not hungry for this. I don't eat the same thing every day. No. And so the fact that I'm going to be hungry every day is fairly constant. What I'm hungry for, though, changes. So there's both that, you know, constancy, static, uh, predictable uh, part of that cycle. And there's also the complete nuance and novelty of it. One of the, one of the thoughts I'm having at the moment is that, um, so it's maybe more about, um, I know I'm going to have hunger and uh, if I'm looking at it, I am just asking for uh, my hunger to be filled. Uh, but depending on the season, quote unquote, uh, or the day, it'll be fill, filled by something different. It's almost like that concept of like the, the magic on the macro would be I want my hunger to, you know, I desire for my hunger to be filled. And on the micro happens, you know, that week, that day, that season. Uh, and, and that kind of weaves into what it is that you want at that moment. And That's also, an what do you need? Um, you know, to, yeah. to me, uh, there's a difference between want and need. Um and, um, and there's also, when do I feed my hunger and when do I ignore it? Because what I notice is, you know, I can get really focused on something that I'm doing and then recognize when it's complete while I haven't eaten for eight hours and I'm absolutely starving. And the choices I make of what I eat in those circumstances are not usually the best choices unless what I have at hand, uh, are good choices. You know, that's usually, you know, when right. I'm ravenous, I'm not like, oh yeah, I want an apple. It's like an apple's not going to do it. I'm looking for something that nope. is heavier and is going to stay with me. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't make as good of choices or a long-term good. It's like in the short term when I'm, when I've gone too long, I'm actually creating a state of crisis. Yeah. And you deal with crisis very differently than you than you deal with good health because in crisis, um, it, it's kind of like you have to stop the bleeding before you can really address the wound or the reason for the wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so part of it is also how do I be in relationship with what I hunger for? Like, how can I, how can I hear my hunger when it's speaking more subtly? So I have the time to really say, and what would satisfy this hunger instead of, oh my God, I'm so hungry. I just need something. Yes. What was your second room? Um, my second room was Quarth. Uh, Quarth is a rune of 
rapid transformation. And uh, it's also uh, the funeral pyre. So it really is connected to Muspelheim, uh, which was the land of fire in the creation story. And so I, I would almost, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I see the energy of it as similar to energy of the sun, but not the sun card. Yes. Uh, well, it's, it's almost, yeah, it's, it, it's the other end of the pole, right? So the sun card is usually about the return of the evidence of life. And the funeral pyre is usually about death. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely is. Yes. So it, it's this, and it's also like, uh, you know, fire is very hungry and, and uh, it consumes completely, um, leaves only ash. And um, it's kind of what you were just talking about with when you get ravenous, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm, I will go with my experience. It doesn't matter how healthy I'm trying to be. That bag of Lay's potato chips will always win when, when I'm in that moment of, yeah. yeah, when I'm ravenous and I haven't fucking yeah. eaten and I'm starving and that bag of chips is right there. I'm not counting 10 of them out to make sure I only get 150 right. calories. I'm eating. Yes. I'm consuming. So um, I think, uh, oh. I think it's very interesting yeah go I ahead just so i just was seeing like a campfire and i was thinking maybe part of our message because we're both looking at okay we're coming into you we both have had conversations about you know how do you be mindful about what seed you plant you need to think about what you want to eat so plant the right seeds um and yep. I've also been this last revolution of the wheel. I've been really looking at how do I maintain my level of energy for what activity I want to be doing, what I want to be creating, what work there is to do, you know, just life. Um, and mm -hmm. so as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, the fire does consume absolutely. And yet, if you continue to feed the fire, you can actually kind of maintain a pretty even kind of burn. And yeah. since we're talking about both desire and hunger, um, that's about being fed. It's about how do you maintain a certain level of energy that is required for the life you want to be living Um and knowing that that's going to change from season to season because of what how the context offers that does that make sense like yeah. right now is a yeah. good time for gathering firewood there you know we've had enough storms there's things that have been knocked loose from the tree um so it's a good time to gather but it's also been rainy so what you're gathering might not be dry and absolutely ready for the fire yet. I mean, there's still a process of, um, you know, right now, if you were to feed that wet foot, to, wet wood to the fire, you're just going to get smoke. I feel what, one of the things that kind of uh, came up to the front of my mind was the fact that um keeping well and it goes with what we were talking about uh keeping this even burn um uh so that i don't completely consume things because i will let 
not only my hunger for food, but my hunger for spiritual experiences, my, you know, my sexual hunger, my, my hunger for intimate relationships. I let those kind of go, go, go until they need attention. And then till they need to be fed, uh, till they can no longer be not fed. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I have to like, I will, uh, Oh yeah. And I will consume like, and, and I think sometimes I, I wonder, one of the things that I've been wondering is that if that happens with, with me and my, um, you know, personal relationships or like dating relationships is that I've let it go so long, um, that all of a sudden I'm now just consuming this other person. And, um, that, that is not, uh, that doesn't, uh, lend itself to a long-term more of a long-term relationship unless they're completely uh able to be oh my god i am an incubus <laughs> um <laughs> we were talking about that yeah. term yesterday uh you know but and then that it's too much for other people it's it's sometimes too much for me but i think Yes, they're becoming my lays. Yeah, they're becoming your no pun intended. bag of chips, which, uh, you know, may be delightful as you're eating them, but they're not a very nutritious diet. No. 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 And there's not nothing wrong with that. You know, <laughs> it's going to keep you from no. starving. Um, at, but it probably is not the best way to... Uh, always feed yourself because you are always then depriving yourself of, of something more nutritious. Right. And that's subjective. Hunger, hunger, desire. I think there's hope in that too. I mean, as we're talking about that, I'm like, okay, you're saying hunger, you're saying desire. I'm feeling in my gut. Where is that? It also helps that I haven't eaten today. So I'm hungry. Um, and so we're <laughs> tapping right into that. Um, but yep. I, but what I'm feeling in my body is, oh, well, you know, I think that that desire and hope are actually connected. Um, because yeah. I don't know what I'm hoping for until I can tap into what uh, what that hunger is, what that desire is. Yep. Um, yeah. That's a really fascinating thing. I think... Uh... I thought several times that sometime that that uh, people lose hope, um, and that's one of the challenges we have uh, currently in society is that there's there's not hope, so people just stay stagnant or they'll stay in 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 this this place that they don't want to be in but they don't have hope for something different and i find that interesting that you just said that um what i took away from that was uh until we can tap into what we actually desire or not until or when we tap into what we actually desire then hope is the thing that gets us that hope is the vehicle uh, something like that. It feels active to me. Desire feels like, um, like I'm seeing baby birds, you know, cheeping with their, their mouths open, looking to be fed. Um, 
and I'm seeing yeah. hope as being uh, they are opening their mouth because they are trusting that mama's going to come with a nice juicy worm. Um, yep. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's the desire that that leads me to open my mouth. It's the hope that is the trust that um, that the food will come. Now, little baby birds, they don't have a lot of choice about what they get fed. You know, mama's feeding them. Uh, but as adult humans, right. we actually, you know, we get to <laughs> choose what we eat. We yeah, have a choice. We get, we get to choose what we, um, what we feed ourselves. And that, and yes, that's physical and, and literal food. But I think it's also uh, figurative, meaning what feeds your soul, what feeds your heart, what feeds your mind. Are you choosing foods that are nourishing to all of the parts of you? Uh, is there one part yeah. of you that you've been eating the Lay's chip, chips long enough and it's now rebelling saying, I need something more nutritious or I'm going offline? So many fascinating uh, conversations. I, when we, <laughs> this morning I was like, okay, I'm getting ready for the podcast. I'm like, oh, what are we going to talk about today? Like, I don't. I haven't really read anything new. I don't really, you know, not that that's a, a prerequisite, but like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I know that when we take a leap off that little cliff, like the fool card or the tramp card that we, we end up wherever we end up, but uh, there's always uh, a journey and a journey that for me at this moment is um god really appropriate uh in finding what it is that i actually desire yeah. i think i said that to you last night because we were talking about yeah. my story and you you said oh, this is what i'm seeing this is what i'm seeing you know is that the story you want to tell and i'm like i don't know what story <laughs> i want to tell and i, I, I it was because the story, you know, the story I picked was about my, the, my facial tattoos. And it, it was because people, it was because people asked about that and they're, they're inquisitive about that and they want to know about that. So I was you doing were feeding what, somebody else's desire. I, right. Exactly. So when you asked me that last night, you're like, is that, that's the story you want to tell. Right. And I'm all, mm, I don't actually know. I, I don't know. So all of this is super. Well, uh, I will say this just because it shifts me a little bit into teacher mode for that class, what you're saying, but sure. Um, I, yeah. I also think when you're, uh, you know, storytelling really can become a practice. And uh, so to me, and for this class, I think the questions that you are asking are actually identifying you as some, someone who wants to engage in this art form on a more regular basis. Um, because yeah. you are not just looking for what is the story for this thing. You're actually looking for what is my process of this art. And that, that yeah. probably won't be everybody in the class and that's fine. But I think that uh, when it feels like a calling like that, when you can see it as an art form that actually has a place in your magical practice or the larger context of what you do, 
then sometimes the first story is not going to be the one that you go, yep, that's what I was looking for. The first story might just be, okay, I'm picking a story and I'm crafting it. And part of what I'm doing is I know that this is the first step on a path that's much longer for me. Yes. And, um, and I know for myself, there are times when, um, when uh, I've been asked to do a story and nothing is kind of coming, nothing is kind of coming. And I kind of just trust, well, at some point the story will come. Um, and then there's times when I don't feel like anything's really, uh, I don't feel a fire in my belly. Um, it feels more like, okay, well then maybe what this opportunity is, is for something a little bit different, a different nuance of storytelling. Uh, like, oh, this gives me the ability to see how I can bring my storytelling into this venue that is doing something different than what my truest desire is. But it's st- it's still giving me an experience. It's still helping me to practice my craft. Yeah. Yes. Well, if any of you listening, uh, if this is striking something within you, uh, maybe that was the wrong word. If this is stirring anything within you and you are interested in taking a storytelling class, um, you can do that through Deep End Theater. Uh, and are you going to be doing another one next year? I, uh, I rotate with uh, another teacher. She and I both uh, tell, tell stories around town uh, and we teach. Uh, though we come from slightly different perspectives, I tend to uh, mm-hmm. be drawing on, in my experience, of course, is, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably know that, but much more uh, kind of spiritual, shamanic, uh, transformative that way. Uh, she tends to come more from the perspective of uh, social justice and advocacy and empowerment in that way. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think that we tend to draw different people, but I also think we're, we're offering, uh, enough different things that it's good to know which one of us is teaching to know what aligns best with you yes. and what you, the stories you want to access. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm teaching this one. Uh, as you said, we had our, we have our performance on December 22nd. The new round of classes will probably start, uh, sometime early January. I don't have a sp- a specific date yet and Leanne that's the other teacher she'll be teaching that round because you're going to be very busy producing your own show I am going to be very busy producing my own show uh and then I'll pick up storytelling again probably in like late February or early March yeah that'll be really cool um yeah Thank you for hanging out with me today for Web of Resonance. Thank you all for hanging out with us and listening to us in our rambling ways. We hope you've enjoyed it. Yes. We hope you're not yeah. lost. And if you are, enjoy enjoy but, being lost until you become found again. <laughs>